0: estábamos de acuerdo <coughs> <coughs>
1: <coughs> In the Tashahud Taoz and Surah Al Fateh Hazrat it Khlif Tumasi the fifth, Ayyad bin Sazi stated, These days, Yomi Muslim awd, i.e., Muslim Day is being commemorated in the Jamaat, i.e., regarding the prophecy in which God Almighty gave the glad tidings to the promised Messiah of a promised son. God Almighty said in regards to this son that he will be one who possesses special qualities, who would be a true servant to his faith would attain a long life and will continue the works and mission of the promised Messiah. This prophecy was made on 20th of February 1886 and is a wonderful proof of the truthfulness of the promised Messiah and that God Almighty's support was with him. Thus, within the period of time mentioned, this son was born on 12th of January 1889, who was named Mirza Bashiruddin Mahmud Ahmed, and to whom God Almighty bestowed the mantle of Khilafat after the demise of Hazrat Khalifah the al Masih I. I shall present some incidents of that period in time and with regards to how he truly was the fulfilment of this prophecy. However, before doing so, I shall present the words of the Promised Messiah with regards to the significance and truthfulness of this prophecy. This prophecy was not just the birth of a son. Rather, it was to foretell the birth of an extraordinary son who would lay the foundation to a spiritual revolution in the world. As I have mentioned, I shall present the Prophet's response to his critics and this can be truly understood if one reads his own words. The Promised Messiah says, One should analyze with open eyes that this is not just a prophecy, but a magnificent heavenly sign which the benevolent God manifested to prove the truthfulness and grandeur of our forbearing and merciful Holy Prophet Muhammad, the Chosen One, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And the truth is that this sign is hundreds of times more grand, lofty, complete, superior, and perfect than bringing the dead back to life. Because the reality behind reviving the dead is that one prays and asks for the soul to be brought back. Such reviving of the dead has been attributed to the Messiah and some other prophets in the Bible, regarding which, The critics have much to say. Aside from these rational and textual arguments, the fact is that the corpse would only be revived and stay alive for a few minutes and would once again depart from this world and its loved ones would have to go through mourning once again. A soul whose return to the world profited neither the world nor granted the soul itself any peace nor any real relief to its loved ones. So, if a soul did in fact return to this world through the Messiah's prayer, then in reality its returning and staying in the world are one and the same. And if for the sake of argument the soul returned and remained in the body even for some years, even then, what benefit could the imperfect soul of an immorally corrupt or materialistic person who is but another man from among common men grant the world? Regarding the prophecy of Muslim, old, the Prophet Islam explains that if ever prophets of the past revived the dead, it was only temporary, and furthermore, the ones being brought back were ordinary people. However, he further says, in this instance, By the grace and beneficence of God Almighty and by virtue of the blessings of the seal of the prophets, that benevolent God accepted this humble one's prayer and promised to send a soul so holy that its apparent and hidden blessings would spread all over the world. Hence, even though this sign is seemingly equal to granting life to the dead, After reflecting over it, it is evident that this sign is in fact hundreds of times greater than giving life to the dead. It is merely the soul of a dead person that returns as a result of the prayer and in this instance a new soul has been acquired through prayer. The Promised Messiah states, A new soul was acquired through the very prayers for a son. However. There is an enormous difference between those souls and this one. Those people who are apostates but hiding under the guise of being a Muslim do not rejoice at seeing the miracles of the Holy Prophet being fulfilled. Rather, they are deeply grieved as to why such an event transpired. The Prophet made a statement in Tabligha Risalat. Hence, The promised Messiah stated that he did not beseech for an ordinary soul. Rather, he prayed for a sign, as a result of which Allah the Exalted gave glad tidings of a son who possessed numerous qualities. The tidings of such a glorious son were given who would attain a long life, be extremely intelligent and bright and possess grandeur, majesty and wealth. Nations would obtain blessings from him. He would be filled with secular and spiritual knowledge. He would be endowed with an extremely profound understanding of the word of Allah by the Holy Qur'an. Furthermore, he would utilize this God-given understanding and would serve the Holy Qur'an in such a magnificent manner that he would enlighten the world as to the status of the word of Allah. He will be the means of procuring the release of those held in bondage. He will be almi kabab, meaning such universal catastrophes would occur during his lifetime that it will torment the entire world. His fame will spread to the ends of the earth. We are a witness to the universal catastrophes such as the ones mentioned in the prophecy which occurred during the era of Muslim old in the form of two world wars as well as other calamities. Then, as far as the spreading of his fame is concerned, his fame spread to the corners of the earth by establishing new missions, performing tabligh and by spreading the message of Islam to various other countries of the world during his lifetime. As a matter of fact, in relation to his prophecy, we see that this is continuing even today. As I mentioned, I will now say a few words in relation to the life and character of Hazrat Muslim. As far as his education is concerned, after completing the recitation of the Holy Qur'an, he enrolled in an official school and had the opportunity to acquire secular education. Even the state of this was that he received additional tutoring for Urdu and English at home. In relation to this, Hazrat Peer Manzoor Ahmed Sahib taught him Urdu for some time. Hence, the teachers that were appointed in order to teach him at home included Peer Manzoor Muhammad Sahib who taught him Urdu for some time? Following this, Moulvi Sher Ali Sahib anhu, taught him English. What kind of atmosphere and with what diligence was his education acquired? When Hazrat Khalifam Asi the Fourth wrote the biography Fazle Umar, he penned an interesting incident, which is worth listening from Hazrat Sahibzada Mirza Mahmud Ahmad Sahib himself. As I mentioned, what was the state of his ed- education? Using the words of Hazrat Muslimad himself, he states, ''In relation to my education, Hazrat Khalid al-Masih I conferred the greatest favour upon me. As he was a physician and also aware of the fact that due to my health, I was unable to look at a textbook for too long, His method of teaching was that he would seat me beside him and say, Mia, I will continue to read and you continue to listen. The reason for this was that in my childhood a severe form of trachoma formed in my eyes, which is an eye disease, and I felt pain in my eyes for a consecutive period of three or four years. Due to the effects of trachoma, I had such severe pain in my eyes that the doctor said that I would lose my eyesight. Upon this, the Promised Messiah started to particularly pray for my health and also started to observe fasts along with this. He further states, At this moment I do not recall how many fasts he observed. In any case, he observed three or seven fasts. When he was about to break his last fast and placed something in his mouth in order to open the fast, I suddenly opened my eyes and proclaimed that I am able to see. However, the result of this illness and its repeated outbreaks was that the sight in one of my eyes weakened significantly. Hence, I am unable to see properly through my left eye. I am able to see the road but I am unable to read a book. If a person who I know is sitting two or four feet away, I am able to recognize him. However, if an unacquainted person is sitting there, I am unable to see his face. Only my right eye is fully functional. However, trachoma formed in this eye as well and its severity was such that I would spend many nights awake due to it. The Prophet Islam told my teachers that I was to be educated according to my wishes. I should study as much as I can and that I should not be forced to study because my health does not permit me to bear the burden of education. The Prophet merely used to say to me time and again that I should study the translation of the Holy Qur'an and Bukhari from Hazrat Maulvi Sahib, that is from Hazrat Maulana Nuruddin, Hazrat Khalidzul Musi I anhu. Apart from this, the Prophet Islam also said that I should also study medicine as this is the profession associated with our family. He states that Master Fakirullah Sahib was our mathematics teacher in school. He used to solve questions on the board in order to explain them to the children. However, I was unable to see those due to my weak eyesight. The reason for this was that my eyesight did not function well enough to see the board. Aside from this, I was unable to look at the board for too long as my eyes became tired. Due to this, I used to consider it useless to sit in the class if I ever wished to leave, I did so, and at times I did not. Once, Master Fakirullah Sahib complained to the Promised Messiah Islam about me, saying, "Hazur, he does not study anything. He comes to school at times, and at times he does not." As a Muslim writes, "I recall when Master Sahib made this complaint to the Promised Messiah, I became scared and went to hide, not knowing how upset the Promised Messiah Islam would be." However, when the promised Messiah heard this, he said to Master sahib, ''It is very kind of you that you are concerned about the child and I am very pleased to hear you say that he attends school at times. It is very good that he attends school at times as according to me his health is not good enough to allow him to study at all. Following this, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi smiled and said, ''We are not teaching him mathematics expecting him to open a shop. It makes no difference whether he learns mathematics or not.'' He then said, ''What level of mathematics did the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his companions study?'' ''It is good if he attends school, but if he does not, he should not be forced.'' When Master Saib heard this, he returned, I started to take even more advantage of this leniency and stopped attending school altogether. I would go to school once or twice a month. Hence, I was educated in this manner, but at the same time, I had some constraints. Apart from problems with my eyes, I also had complications with my liver, and for this, I had to drink water extracted from mung beans or sag for six months at a time. On top of this, I had an enlarged spleen and red iodide of mercury was used to massage it. This was used for massaging my neck as I also had tonsillitis. Hence, I had trachoma, problems with my liver and an enlarged spleen. In addition to this, I used to get fever which would last for six months. My elders would advise against putting too much pressure on me to study and allowed me to study as much as I wanted. One can ascertain my educational competence based on all of these factors." As the Muslim Maud says, Once my maternal grandfather, Hazrat Mir Nasir Nawab Sahib tested my level of Urdu. He further says, My handwriting is untidy even now, but in those days, it was so bad that one could not even read what I had written. Mir struggled to decipher what I had written, but he was not able to do so. He further writes, the majority of my children have better handwriting. The similarities of my handwriting can be found in my daughter, Amadur Rashid's handwriting. I had set a reward of one rupee if anyone, including Amadur Rashid herself, could read out what she had written. This was my condition exactly in that sometimes I could not read my own handwriting. When Misahib examined my paper, he became irritated and said, This writing is all scrambled and illegible. Musaib was quick-tempered. He took his complaint to the Promised Messiah, Islam, and coincidentally, I was also present at home. We were already scared of Musaib's fiery temperament. Musaib went to the Promised Messiah, Islam, and I became worried as to what would happen next. Musaib came and said. You do not pay any attention towards Mahmud's education. I tested him on Urdu. Please have a look at his paper. His handwriting is so bad that no one can read it. He continued in this state of anger and said to the Promised Messiah, You do not address this matter at all, and this boy is wasting his time. When the Promised Messiah observed Mir Sahib's fervency, he stated, Call Hazrat Mawli Sahib. Hazrat Muslimaw further writes Whenever facing a difficult situation, the Promised Messiah would summon for Hazrat Khalifa Musi I. Hazrat Khalifa Musi I had immense love for me. He came, and as was his habit, he stood to one side with his head lowered. The Promised Messiah stated, Mawli Sahib, I have called you here because Mir Saib says that it is impossible to read Mahmud's handwriting. I would like a test to be prepared for him. After saying this, the Promised Messiah picked up his pen and wrote a few sentences. He gave me the sheet of paper and instructed me to copy it. This was the simple test conducted by the Promised Messiah I copied this writing very carefully with full concentration. First of all, the sentences were not long and secondly, I only had to copy it, which was very straightforward because the original was in front of me. I copied it slowly and very meticulously wrote down the Urdu alphabets alif and ba. When the promised Islam saw this, he stated, I was perturbed by Musaib's comments but his handwriting resembles mine. Hazrat Khilpulmuzi the I of the Lawanho was already in my favour, and stated, Hazul, Musaid became enraged for no reason. Mahmud's handwriting is very neat. Hazrat Khilpulmuzi the I would always tell me, Mia, your health is not well enough that you can study yourself. Visit me, and I will teach you in which, you would only need to listen. Hence, he laid great stress on this and taught me the Holy Qur'an first and then Sahih Bukhari. He did not teach me the Qur'an at a slow pace. Rather, he used to recite the Holy Qur'an followed by its translation and would elaborate on anything that was necessary. Otherwise, he would teach at a quick pace. He taught me the entire Qur'an in three months, after which there was a pause. After the demise of the Promised Messiah Hazrat Khalip the Masih I anh, said to me, Mia, let me finish teaching Bukhari to you. I had informed him what the Prophet Islam had stated during his lifetime, which was to learn the Holy Quran and Bukhari from Maulvi Sahib. Therefore, I had started learning the Quran and Bukhari from Hazrat Maulvi Sahib during the lifetime of the Prophet Islam, although there were some gaps in between. Similarly, Under the instructions of the Promised Messiah, I began learning medicine from him. Mirisak sahib and I started learning medicine on the same day. Then he states, there was a joke about Mir sahib which became well known in our house, that on the second day when both of us had only completed one lesson, Mirisak sahib said to his mother, Mother, please wake me up early tomorrow morning so I can go to the clinic early. Maulwi Sahib arrives late, therefore I can go there before his arrival and write prescriptions for the patients, even though he had only been studying medicine for one day. In short, I learned medicine and the commentary of the Holy Quran from Hazrat Khaliptham the Musi I. He finished teaching me the commentary of the Holy Quran in two months. He would make me sit with him and would sometimes teach me half a part or one full part of the Quran. He would explain the commentary of certain verses as well. Similarly, he finished teaching me Sayyid Bukhari in two or three months. Once he conducted a lecture of the entire Holy Quran throughout the month of Ramadan which I attended as well. I also had the opportunity to read a few Arabic magazines from him. This was my education. During those days when I was finishing this course, Allah Almighty showed me a dream which was about his intellectual progress. Hence we listen to his speeches and gauge his level of understanding which he attained. His speeches, addresses, writings, and exegesis of the Holy Quran are testimony to the fact that he was most definitely taught by God Almighty. This is a great sign of the truthfulness of the prophecy. Hazrat Muslim Maud delivered his first public speech during the lifetime of the Promised Messiah at the Jalsa Salana of 1906. One can begin to understand the effect and impression this academic and scholarly speech had on the listeners through the words of a prominent companion of the Promised Messiah, Hazrat Qazi Muhammad Zuhur Akmal Sahib, who was also a poet and had great command over the language. He stated, Mahmud, the brightest star and brilliant jewel of prophethood. May Allah protect him, stood up to deliver an address on the topic of Shirk. I continued to listen to this speech with special attention. How am I to express this in words? It was an ocean of eloquence flowing with great force. Undoubtedly, to have such sound thoughts at such a young age is no less than a miracle. In my opinion, this as well is a sign of the Promised Messiah's truthfulness and it is evident from this that the beauty of his training under the Promised Messiah has reached such an extent that he spoke in an extraordinary manner regarding spiritual excellences. The religious activities, his passion and his development intellectually and spiritually lent proof to the fact that he would quickly grow to become the embodiment of the words of this prophecy Furthermore the promised Messiah Islam himself perceived this passion in him for religion In one instance he stated so much passion for religion can be found in Mia Mahmud that at times I offer special supplications for him. These were the words of the promised Messiah Islam. He certainly made this prayer for God Almighty to grant more, and to make him into that son whose glad tidings were given, and in order for God Almighty to shower his blessings, so that all glad tidings be fulfilled in his favour. In the biography written by the 4th khalifa, Hazrat Mirza Tahir Ahmad Sahib he writes in one place with regards to the time after the demise of Hazrat Khalip II by stating, At the beginning of the first Khilafat, Hazrat Sahib Zada Sahib was 19 years of age and when Hazrat Masi I passed away, he was turning 26 years. I shall present some examples of the manner in which he would deliver discourses And pen his writings in that youthful age. He had developed the maturity of an experienced thinker in his thoughts and ideas. His words were entwined with profound effect, allurement, and sincerity. His speech was completely free from artificiality, and his writings were untainted by any kind of pretension. He had natural fluency in his speech and his writings were like a flowing river of simplicity. He was filled with the knowledge of the Holy Qur'an and its cognizance that they would simultaneously irrigate his heart and mind. He was 19 years of age at the demise of the Promised Messiah and regarding the first ever speech he delivered, Hazrat Mulvishir Ali Saib, a scholarly intellectual, states, Another incident I wish to relate on this subject matter is the first speech of Hazul The first address of Hazrat Khalid the masih II was during the first Jasa salana after the demise of the Promised Messiah this Jalsa was hosted in the courtyard of Madrasa Ahmadiyya and Hazrat Khalipd Masih I was sat to the right side of Hazur on the stage. The stage was positioned facing north. Maulvi Sher Ali Sahib writes, There are two noteworthy points regarding this speech. The first astonishing point is that Hazur's voice, delivery, tone and style of oration were so similar to that of the promised messiah that it reminded the audience of the promised messiah who had only departed a short while earlier. Furthermore, there were many amongst the audience who were brought to tears as a result of the voice of the promised messiah they were hearing from the lips of his promised son just as one can hear the voice of an unseen person through a gramophone. It was in this manner that their tears were flowing and I too was amongst those who wept. If it is appropriate to say that one spirit can pass on to another, then I would say that in that moment the spirit of the promised Messiah descended upon Hazur, and was proclaiming that this is my beloved son who has been bestowed to me as a sign of mercy and regarding whom it was said that he would resemble me in beauty and benevolence. The second point worth mentioning with regards to this speech is that when it came to a close, Hazrat Masih the I, who had spent his entire life studying the Holy Quran, for whom it was a nourishment for his soul, said, Mia has explained many verses in a manner which are very much new to me. Maulwishir Ali Sahib then writes, This was the first speech of Hazur, which he delivered before the Jamaat. And in this speech, he discussed the deep understandings of the Holy Qur'an. i.e. after the demise of the Promised Messiah, he explained such points of wisdom regarding which those well versed in the Holy Qur'an such as Hazrat Qript Musi I even acknowledged that this is new to him. Who could have imparted all this knowledge to this young man? Who could have taught him this wisdom and understanding at such a young age? It was the same one who stated with regards to Prophet Joseph, وَلَمَّا Ashuddahu أَشُدَّهُ hukman wa ilma. وَكَذَٰلِكَ نَجْزِ الْمُحْسِنِينَ وَلَمَّا بَلَغَ أَشُدَّهُ آتيناه وَإِلْمًا وَكَذَٰلِكَ نَجْزِ الْمُحْسِنِينَ And when he reached his age of full strength and attained maturity, we gave him wisdom and knowledge, and thus do we reward those who do good. Balu Sahib says, Hazul did not merely discuss the ordinary words of wisdom, Rather, he highlighted unique and novel insights into the Holy Qur'an. God Almighty states in regards to the Holy Qur'an, La The translation of this is that none shall touch this except those who are purified. Hence, to emerge from the solitude of childhood and convey such unique and subtle points of the Holy Qur'an before everyone is clear evidence to the fact that he spent his childhood under the special upbringing of God Almighty and that he was among those who were purified even in his childhood. There is also impressions of a non-Ahmadi journalist with regards to his character. It is written that in March 1913, a non-Ahmadi journalist, Muhammad Aslam Sahib travelled from Amritsar to Kadiyan and remained for a few days before departing. After studying the Jamaat closely, he gave a detailed report regarding Hazrat Mirza Bashiruddin Mahmud Ahmed Sahib, saying, "I was extremely delighted to have met Sahibzada Mirza Bashiruddin Mahmud Ahmed Sahib. Sahibzada Sahib was an extremely courteous and simple person. Besides his politeness, he is extremely knowledgeable and possesses great understanding." Apart from other subjects, a conversation took place between Saibzada Mirza Mahmood and I about the future of India. In it, the view he set forth based on the history of international relations was laden with vision and reflection. This incident is from before his Khilafat in 1913 during the era of Hazrat Khalifa Masih I. He further writes, Out of love, Saibzada Mirza Mahmud sahib expressed his sincere desire that I should stay in Gardian for at least one week. But owing to one reason or another, I was unable to fulfill his request. However, I am extremely grateful to him for his benevolence and kindness. I shall forever remember his purity, righteousness, profound thinking and modesty. Regarding the standard of his prayers even as a child, one of his childhood teachers, Hazrat Mufti Muhammad Sadiq Sahib, expressed the following. Because this humble one had pledged allegiance to the Promised Messiah at the end of 1890, I was constantly in and out of Gardian. I have been watching Hazrat Ulul Azm Mirza Bashiruddin Mahmud Ahmad since his childhood. His aptitude and disposition was always inclined towards modesty, nobility, truth and religion. Even in younger years, he had a fascination with the religious activities of the promised Messiah. He would often go to the Jameh Mosque with the promised Messiah and listen to the sermon there. He further says, I recall that once when Mia Mahmud was approximately 10 years old, he was standing for prayer in the Al-Aqsa Mosque with the promised Messiah and when he went into prostration, he began weeping profusely. From an early age, he possessed an exceptional relationship of love for God and his messengers. Then there is another incident which illustrates the deeply fervent state of his prayers and his habit of remaining in prostration for long periods. When elders would see this, it evoked great wonder in them especially since there was no apparent difficulty or worry that could cause it. So when the people would witness the fervent and tearful state of his supplications, they would be astonished and wonder after all what had befallen this child that he secretly wakes up in the night and weeps profusely, saturating his prayer-mat with his innocent tears. Hazrat Mirza Tahir Ahmad sahib writes in his biography of Hazrat Muslim that the same wonder and amazement arose in the heart of Sheikh Ghulam Ahmad sahib as well, a new convert who had become Muslim at the hands of the promised Messiah He increased so rapidly in sincerity and faith that he is counted among the pure and saintly elders Blessed with divine visions and revelation. He used to recall, Once I resolved that I would spend the entire night alone in the mosque and would ask of my Lord all that I desired in seclusion. When I arrived in the mosque, I saw that someone was already busy in prostration and was weeping with such anguish that I was unable to focus on my own prayer. The prayer of that individual had such a powerful effect on me that I began praying. O my Lord, whatever this person is imploring of you, do thou grant it to him. I stood for so long waiting for the person to arise from prostration so that I could see who it was that I became tired from standing. I do not know how long he was already there before my arrival but when he lifted his head, I saw that it was Mia Mahmood I greeted him with salam, shook his hand and asked him, Mia, whatever did you ask from God today? He replied, I have only asked of God that he should revive Islam before my very eyes. After saying this, he proceeded back inside. At such a young age, the deep desire he possessed to see the day of Islam's victory did indeed bear fruit as God Almighty blessed him with the mantle of Khilafat in his youth. Hazrat Sahibzada Mirza Mahmud Ahmed Sahib has mentioned a prayer of his published in Tashheezul Azan. In the year 1909, he wrote an article in which he mentioned the blessings of Ramazan. He writes After this, I began looking for another article for Tashizul Azan. In the process of searching my desk, I came across a paper upon which a prayer was written that I had offered in the previous Ramazan. Mia Mahmood goes on to say, Upon reading this prayer, my heart was suddenly moved to encourage the members of the Jamaat to also supplicate using these words. After all, no one knows whose prayer might be accepted or when God's grace might descend with a special majesty upon our Jamaat. I publish herein the words of that prayer to express the anguish of my own heart so that perhaps the heart of another pure-natured one might be moved towards supplicating his Lord for himself or for the Ahmadiyya Jamaat which is my true purpose in doing this. The words of that prayer are as follows. O my master, my powerful God, my beloved friend, my guide, O creator and originator of the heavens and the earth, O controller and regulator of the water and air, O you who from the time of Adam to the time of Jesus sent hundreds of thousands of spiritual guides and hundreds of callers to faith for guidance of the world, I supplicate that exalted and great God who raised a messenger as magnificent and majestic as the Holy Prophet Muhammad, I implore that gracious God who created a spiritual guide like the promised messiah from among the servants of the Holy Prophet. O creator of all light and expeller of all darkness. At your threshold, indeed only at your threshold, does this unworthy servant express total humility. So do thou hear my appeal and accept my prayer because it is your promises after all which have emboldened me to even have the courage to submit something before you. I was nothing and you created me. I did not exist and you brought me into existence. You created the four elements for my development and created mankind to interact with when I could not even give expression to my needs, you appointed such people who were naturally concerned for my well-being. Then you allowed me to progress and increased my provisions. O you who are my life, yes, my very life, you appointed Adam as my father and Eve as my mother and from among your servants chose one whom you looked upon with honour so that he would seek intercession and mercy for the unaware, those who have little understanding and ignorant persons like me. I was a sinner and you concealed my sins. I was a wrongdoer and you forgave me. In each and every instance of pain and sorrow you stood by me. Whenever a tribulation befell me, you came to my aid and whenever I could have gone astray, you held on to me and did not let me go. You overlooked my errors and despite my becoming distant, you only drew nearer to me. Even when I became aloof of your person, you never once forgot me. On occasions where even parents and relatives and family and friends and sympathisers prove utterly helpless, you manifested the hand of your divine power for me. When I became sad, you made me happy again. When I became disheartened, you made me jubilant. I cried and you made me laugh. There may be someone who weeps in the agony of being separated from you, but you yourself revealed your countenance to me. You vouchsafed promises to me and then fulfilled them. You have never failed to discharge your promise. I also made promises to you but broke them. Yet you overlook them. I do not find another soul more sinful than I. Yet I do not find another sinful person whom you have bestowed more of your grace upon. I cannot even imagine any other being more benevolent than you. He further says whilst addressing God Almighty, I cannot even imagine any other being more benevolent than you. Whenever I fall at your threshold and lament and cry, You always hear my call and accept it. I have never witnessed that you have rejected any prayer of mine that I supplicated in a state of helplessness. O my Lord, with my heartfelt anxiousness, I fall at your threshold and I supplicate to you with all my heart, begging of you to hear my prayer. My Lord, holy art thou. My people are heading towards ruin. Save them from this destruction. If they call themselves Ahmadis, how can they ever forge a connection with me until their hearts and their inner selves become pure. Until they become immersed in your love, what connection do I have with them? Thus, O my Lord, stir your attributes of Rahmania and Rahimiya and purify them. Instill within them the passion and spirit of the companions so they become anxious to serve the faith and their words and actions become refined and pure. O Lord, may they sacrifice themselves for your sake and remain devoted to the Holy Prophet sallallahu May the prayers of your promised Messiah in their favour be accepted and may his pure and true teachings become embedded in their hearts. O my Lord, save my people from all sorts of trials and grief, safeguard them from all kinds of calamities that may befall them and ensure there are great noble people born among them. May they become a nation that you are pleased with and become a community that you have chosen for yourself. May they be free from the influence of satan and may the angels continuously descend upon them. Bless this community both in their worldly endeavours and in their faith. Ameen, O Lord of all the worlds. Ameen. As I mentioned earlier, this prayer was from 1909 when Khilafat had begun. At the time, he was only 20 years of age. However, he had a heartfelt longing to serve his faith and for his people. May God almighty shower his endless mercy on him, the one who spent day and night in spreading the religion of the Holy Prophet and the mission of his ardent devotee, the promised Messiah and Mahdi. And having fulfilled his pledge, he returned to his Lord. May God Almighty enable us to understand and recite this heartfelt prayer of His and may we fulfill the rights of being an Ahmadi. May God Almighty enable us to do so.
0: Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. وَمَنْ يَهْدِهِ اللهُ اللهُ اللهِ I am the one of the cruel ladies up